Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Bayo. And I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. So welcome back, my listeners from different parts of the world for yet another exciting episode of Melting Pot. I'm really inspired to bring you stories from different cultures and also from different countries. Today's conversation is from Saigon with Kiara and Pascal. Both of them are co-founders of La Olista, which is a health and wellness company, obviously based in Saigon. So um, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. So Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So Kiara and Pascal, I'm going to leave it to both of you to talk about both your journeys. Um, I know, Chiara, that you're from Venice in Italy. That's correct, yes. And what about you, Pascal? I'm from the south of France. South of France. Okay, yes. which which part of... Uh, on, the... on the east coast, uh, between Nice and Marseille, a small city called uh, Toulon. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. So how did both of you end up in Saigon? from the south of France and from Venice, what kind of, you know, what was your inspiration to actually move to another part of the world? I would say it was University of Caravas. No, I actually studied uh, Mandarin and English uh, at university. So I moved to China when I was uh, 22 years old to work with my languages and after seven years in China I decided to change country and Vietnam was an option so I moved here in 2014 in the summer. So what was your experience like in in Shanghai and okay going back you mentioned that you um, you know you actually while you were at university, you studied Mandarin. So what kind of, you could have studied any other language. Why Mandarin? 
I was very fascinated with the Oriental culture in general. I, uh, in Italy, there's a lot of textile and, you know, uh, fashion that is produced in China. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to find a job, a good job. And I also was very fascinated with the hands, with the characters and the language. So I just pursued that. Um, my options were really either to study Spanish or Arabic or Chinese around my area because this in Venice we have very good universities for this but the Mandarin school Mandarin University was actually one of the best uh, only have uh, 35 spots available you need to test before entering and I always thought I could pick up Spanish if I moved to Spain because it's very similar to Italian and I thought maybe Arabic uh, don't do business much with women, so I thought maybe uh, Chinese would be my best option to find a really good job and move abroad or travel around. Oh, that's interesting. So how many years did you spend in Shanghai? So I uh, was there for a four-month period for, to study, and it was a mandatory thing from school, and then I fell in love with it, and I moved back after one year, and I stayed here, there for almost seven years. Okay, so that's that's quite you know quite an extended time to be living in in Shanghai. What about you, Pascal? Um, I actually moved to London in two thousand and three. Um, I moved to London to work in hospitality. Um, I didn't have any experience, and I was trying in France to actually get in hospitality, but the um, um, it's really hard when you're in France to actually do something that you haven't you haven't been trained for, you haven't got any uh, university diploma for. So I was trying to change career, and after a year trying to make that happen in France, I realized that it would be really really hard. And yeah, a friend of mine said, "Well, don't you just go to London? It's pretty easy to find uh, work over there." And that's what I did. I stayed there for 12 years. Um, it worked really well for me. I had a great career in, in hotels. and uh, But at the end, like after nine years, I started to feel um, the pain of all the commuting and working really, really long and, and social hours uh, in hospitality, not seeing my friends, not really having a life. So after nine years, I thought about, you know, what, what am I going to do next? And to be fair, I didn't really have an idea. Um, but um, uh, on my 12th year in, uh, in London, I actually decided to go to Thailand on a, on a three-week holiday, which is pretty amazing, working in hospitality, getting three weeks. That was a, that was a big thing. Yeah. But I managed to negotiate to get a three-week really uh, three holiday. I really needed to get out of there. And then when I was in, uh, in Thailand, a friend of mine had just settled down here in Vietnam, uh, in Ho Chi Minh, and he invited me over and said, listen, just come and have a look. Uh, originally, my idea was that I would fall in love with Thailand and I would actually uh, find a way to get back there and then find a job or something. That didn't happen. Uh, I didn't have uh, that feeling for Thailand. But then when I came here uh, for three days in Ho Chi Minh, I really uh, felt something for the place. Maybe the craziness, which is a bit similar to London in some ways, uh, although very different culture and everything. But there was a buzz that I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend actually introduced me to his boss. And um, he, I was offered a job. And uh, on my last day in, in Vietnam, I traveled back to London and I just sold everything. Uh, and I came back here. And then I met Kiara actually 
uh, when I was here for three days during my holiday. Uh, so I was vegan already and um, I met her at a market and she was selling vegan products, which I was like, this is amazing. There, there's vegan stuff here, that, you know, in case I actually come back, which, you know, I had in mind and it turned out, turned out to be right. So I met her, took a business card and when I came back, I started buying a lot of her products and then one day we met and then we became friends and then one day I had enough of what I was doing and she said, you know, you should actually um, partner up with me and I think we could do some great stuff. And that's, uh, that's how everything happened, basically. I fed her. I gave her energy balls and that's how <laughs> I conquer her art. Uh-huh. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> with food. With food with and energy. I got her. Uh, <laughs> I stole her and I got her as business partner uh, since oh, almost four years, yeah. Yeah, excellent. So is that when you founded Holistica? Uh, La Holista was actually founded before. Sorry, La Holista, sorry, yeah. yeah. I, found, I founded the company in Hong Kong before I moved from Shanghai to here because I knew it would be easier to work from Hong Kong. But it was actually only a consulting company. I wasn't planning and I was refusing <laughs> to, do, to do any kind of food. That worked out well. Um, and actually now I am doing food. Uh, I know what it is to have a license and do everything well and we are actually very big um, sustainers of like doing everything legally and you know having licenses and you know hygiene certifications and all this and um, I didn't want to do it because I knew how hard it would be but I do have a lot of experience in setting up companies in China so when it was time to set up here in Vietnam I knew already a little bit more than the common person on how to set up so it wasn't that horrendous it was it was like 50%. Was your experience yeah. yeah 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 that's that's interesting so um before we talk about la holista um i just obviously saigon as uh, pascal you mentioned it's it's very very vibrant and you know it's you get like a rush when you're there because there's so much going on you know other than the madness of the traffic and the people and all of that um what i've noticed about saigon is that there's it seems to be a draw for a lot of um expats to actually make it their home so i mean is it something to do with the culture or is it uh, what do you think draws people to a place like Saigon? I mean, personally, it's all about the um, uh, the vibe. I can't really explain because, you know, it's like a kinesthetic feeling. You know, I felt that I was in the right place. I felt home. And so I can't really explain for other people. For me, it was really like a, something I felt in my guts. And I just felt, okay, this is home for me. Uh, it's totally different from uh, France in some ways, but then... You've got um, some French buildings and you've got, you know, a bit of architecture that reminds you of home somehow. Saigon is not close to any of the places I know in France, but if you go to Galat, for instance, you really get a a French feel. I don't know. It was really, for me, everything works with my guts. And that's the way I felt about London and England and the UK in general. Uh, is something that I felt in my gut and that was the same feeling here, something that I didn't feel at all for Thailand, although beautiful country and, you know, there's a lot to do and see there, but it didn't feel right for me. So for other people, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing obviously the climate is something that attracts a lot of people. Um, The fact that obviously it's uh, an expanding um, economy and, and there are possibilities for people to find work here. 
Um, but yeah, for me, that was a, a different story. I, ju I just fell for the place, totally fell for the place. And what about you, Kiara? I know you said, you know, you wanted, from Shanghai, you wanted to move and try yeah. different, and then you ended up in, in Saigon. So um, you could have gone to Thailand like Pascal, or you could have gone anywhere else. So why Vietnam, one in specific? It wasn't really a choice like a personal choice, it was an opportunity that came came up and I, I followed it, it felt right. Um, but then when I did move here, I just re-felt this feeling that I had initially when I was in Shanghai early in 2005, when everything was possible and everybody was nice and expats or immigrants, however you want to call it, I call them, they were welcome. And, and that was starting to change in China. There was a lot more regulations. It was a lot more hard, harder to stay or even to, to enter. And uh, Vietnam was just so welcoming and people were so nice, are so nice and smile to you all the time. And just in generally speaking, the weather is better, the pollution is better. And all this mix of things is just, you know, a pleasure for me to wake up for me to wake up every day and know that there is sun outside and I don't have to worry about rain. For me to wake up the, every day knowing that I just need a little summer dress to go to work and I can bike to work every day without huge problems. I just, I just love that so much. And so you don't really miss the seasons. You don't miss. <laughs> Absolutely no. I do not know. Have you been in Vietnam, in uh, Shanghai in winter? Yes, I have. Yeah. I do not miss the grayness and the sadness and the mess when it rains and yeah absolutely do not mess uh, do not miss any of that um i truly enjoy the scootering around and you know the the, the hot weather the, having a, a pool in every you know condo or you know your friend's house it's yeah. just absolutely amazing and yeah i did see a glimpse of this in thailand but it, it was just too much for me, Thailand, I did not enjoy that very much. And um, I think Saigon is a very welcoming city. Um, and, you know, that's the beauty, and which is what I guess a lot of people get attracted to. And it's, I mean, it's easy in, in terms of, in it's relaxed. It's far more relaxed, uh, you know. I mean, there I'm sure there are stresses when it comes to businesses and things like that. But in general... Um, there's something I absolutely agree with you. There's that you, you feel a connection with the city. So let's talk about La Holista. You know, I, I noticed, uh, Kiara, that you're a yoga instructor. Yes. Okay. So, so what was your thought process? I mean, and you were already selling products, right? Wellness products. So, where I have did you certifications then? The yoga is probably the least. Uh, oh. Uh, yes. So I, so I was working in a legal affair, uh, an accounting and company, a consulting company in Shanghai. And my last year, my fifth year with uh, the company, I was really not feeling well in the corporate environment. I had to, you know, scheme and lie a lot and try to, you know, work with the government, with the Italian and Chinese government. It was very bureaucratic. I did not enjoy that a lot uh, at all, actually. So I tried to 
quit the job, but they gave me a lot more free time. So I had all this time and I tried, I invested in myself by studying health coaching. So I studied for a year health coaching and in the meanwhile, I also got into yoga. And then in the moment I had uh, my longest holiday, which was five weeks, I went to uh, India to study Ashtanga yoga. Uh-huh. So with, after I received this certification, I quit my job. It was the 30th uh, of October. It was a Wednesday. And uh, on a Saturday, there was this new head food store that was opening in Shanghai. And I went to, to see the opening. Actually, somebody tricked me to go. And I said, you know, we'll never wake up, you know, because <laughs> when I go out on Friday, we'll never wake up to go <laughs> on it and she's like no I promise you we will go and then obviously she threw me up so I went by myself and the owner ended up to being a health coach that I've been seeing for the whole year because the health coaches tend to meet to meet and eat together and discuss and make community so I already knew the owner and uh, she asked me what I was up to and I was like nothing I'm chilling this is the first time I have some time off and so she offered me a job immediately she's like we need somebody who knows about health and nutrition and we also need somebody who does events and can manage you know the company with us when we're not here we really trust you we've gone to know you uh, you also know about fitness you've been you know run, you started running and you're a yoga teacher so at this certification I was working there for this company and it was absolutely amazing we had between 14 and 17 events a month with Lululemon, Adidas, and I also had my own running group that was sponsored by Nike. So it was really, really great. Uh, but the I couldn't get away from the party lifestyle. All my friends were still from my old way of living, and it was just becoming too much. Mm-hmm. So when I got here, I started my company, and then in the last two years, I also studied functional medicine, which was a very intense course for exactly functional medicine which is a way to treat uh, the root cause of chronic disease whether it's uh, migra- migraines or uh, diabetes or PCOS or fatigue or you know all sorts of chronic disease that we can develop during our lifestyle to, due to toxicities or genetic modifications or, or lifestyle um, so this was the uh, certification I got last year and it was very hard to study in English and I'm very proud of myself for achieving such a high degree and then I wanted also to study vegan nutritionism so yeah. I got a diploma last year as well for this to help people reach their uh, you know calcium and iron and all these meats that we think you know is not possible to obtain with uh, with a vegan diet so I just wanted to make sure that I had all the information uh, to do so that. how to supplement right um whatever to, yeah. yeah i don't i'm not a big fan in supplement there's only a supplement that we should take but everybody should take which is b12 because yeah. the soil is just de- depleted but in general you can if you eat enough green vegetables and beans and organic soy you can get all the iron and the calcium that you need and during the studies we learn how to calculate everything according to you know body type uh, exercise levels age and you know menstruation periods or not menopause or not uh, so it was really, really beautiful to learn all these specific nutritional advices for veganism. Mm. So how do you bring it into La Holista? So what exactly does La Holista do? I mean, I looked up 
uh, on, I looked it up. Dongwei. It's, uh, it's a lot, yeah. Oh, Dongwei, though. <laughs> yeah, so which is why I'm saying that uh, obviously whatever information there is out there is not enough. So I'd like to hear it from both of you. So our slogan, what we have on the back of us, of us in the office, it says uh, we offer wholesome foods and drinks. So we have all this line of foods and drinks that goes from meals, snacks, treats, um, desserts and spreads um, and so it can be an ice cream, a cake or burgers or falafel, um, we have hummus, cheese, breads uh, that are gluten free, we have yogurt as well and this is one of the products, all these products I'm able to create because I am a health coach, because I have studied functional medicine practitioner, especially the yogurt and anything else with probiotics or alive products because it is dangerous to, you know, play around with live bacteria, yeah. and also we do drinks, so we have uh, organic kombucha that sells really well around restaurants and bars and beer places. Sorry, I have a very quick question. So all of these products, are do you source them or are they all products that you create? We create, we have a central kitchen when we produce everything fresh by oh, order. Okay, wow. Yeah. We don't have a storefront, but we do have retailers from here to Hanoi, including gyms and yoga studios and different places and restaurants. But we all produce by hand artisanally in our central kitchen by order. So if we receive an order from a big gym that wants, you know, 50 packets of balls or 50 bottles of kombucha, we just receive the order, we make it fresh, we ship it. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payo, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. So it's a fresh by order only uh, kitchen and then we do lunch delivery service every day. We have a different lunch from Monday to Friday. We deliver it either in BPA-free uh, containers that are swapped every day. So we give a full one, we receive the one from the day before empty. Mm-hmm. Or we use 100% bagasse, bagasse okay. and uh, cassava bags. So we have uh, 100% uh, you know, biodegradable packaging for the lunch. And then one of the favorite things that we do, I would say... Uh, the cooking classes and the hikes for me. So we do. We have a small laboratory in the kitchen, or we go to people's places to do cooking classes to make them, you know, comfortable in eating new food and trying new food. And especially when you try to quit something like dairy or eggs or meat or gluten, then it's much better if you know how to cook it for yourself, so that you don't have to spend a lot of money or you don't have to go crazy listing all the ingredients or maybe ending up being sick because of it. So I'm we are big believers in education. Mm-hmm. Classes is is a big thing. So we have actually one Saturday and. Almost every two weeks or three weeks, we have one. And then my one is, my favorite one is the hike. We take a bunch of crazy people like us. We wake up <laughs> very early on Saturday. We meet up at 7 a.m. We take a bus or two. We take a bunch of dogs. We provide the food, the snacks, the water, and we go somewhere and we go hiking the whole day. And then we're back by either 2 or 4 p.m., depending on the area. All sweaty, all dirty, all sleep in the bus, but so happy. And um, we just make new friends during the day and just have, uh, you know, an adventure and leave the city, uh, breathe fresh air, uh, which is really fun. 
and then because my my previous uh, trip to Saigon, I couldn't uh, meet up with both of you because I think you were going for a hike. If I'd known that, I thought it was just like a hike by ourselves. But if I had known that you were going to take a bunch of people, then I would have probably joined in as well to just experience it. Like it's a very popular thing. We we keep the process as low as possible, and uh, we always have we always sell out. It's it's just a very popular thing to do and we have travelers and people who live here alike people with kids and uh, people with dogs uh, we partner up with other companies either running companies or um, uh, dog training companies and uh, we do the event together so that we can take care of the whole group uh, in the totality wow interesting yeah that's one of the activities yeah and then we do after school activities we go to the international schools to do education about food as well uh, which is very important for us for the you know to educate the kids and Pascal she does I like yeah, I like to do documentary nights uh, that's also education but that's more for adults I found when I came here that people going out were actually just going out to pubs to get drunk and right. that was and yeah the main activity so coming from London it was a bit of a, a cultural shock um, because I was going out a lot in London but I wasn't going out to the pub I was actually going out to events and to learn things and you know so culturally here is, is pretty poor and I wanted to find a way to gather uh, people and get the community around some interesting topics and get people to get a bit of a instruction so to speak like you know like people watching uh tv or watching netflix probably just watch um things that are very easy on the eyes and on the brain and i just wanted to find a way to actually get some of my um messages across okay so, so stimulate yeah, yeah. Sorry. stimulate uh, to stimulate yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah i mean and having like every time we, we do a documentary night we actually have a conversation after the, the documentary with people who want to stay behind um and um and that's interesting so uh, and it's a, it's a free activity. Um, it's just it's just for the, the fun of it for me. So it's not Kiara's thing. That's not my thing. We also have a yearly uh, holistic fair, which is an event where we gather um, the community around uh, practitioners who are doing uh, things um, for help, whether that's you know food, uh, you know chiropractor, yoga practitioners, uh, meditation. And um, and that's an event that we're going to have here in August this year because of the of the virus we had to move it from uh, March to August. Um, so that's again a free event. Uh, only vendors pay to get a ticket to cover uh, uh, that's, Sorry, that's limited only to people in Saigon or anyone else can that's, register. Well, anyone can register. We actually have people who are registered in in Bali uh, who sell their products here and who want to participate. So as long as they actually meet that criteria um, and that what they provide is actually good for uh, overall health. And by that, I mean people's health, but also the environment. Uh, then we, we're happy to promote their, their products. So only vendors and, and, um, and our sponsors have a fee to pay so that we can actually cover the cost for the venue and then the, the tents and the audiovisual equipment and everything. But um, visitors just come for free. So that's another way as well for people to actually find out about small businesses who are doing the right thing inside or who might not have the exposure that they deserve. 
And that's something that we really, really enjoy doing every year. And we get we get some repeat businesses coming every year, but we also find new gems uh, in Saigon, people that wouldn't get the opportunity really to be known and seen. Uh-huh. So really, really value that exercise. Um, and then Kiara is a, is a coach. I'm a coach. Uh, that's another activity. But yeah, roughly that's what we do. <laughs> if, you have, if you have 34 minutes, we, we can tell you a little bit more. Yeah, no. I mean, I can see that and I can hear that, you know, you do a hell of a lot of stuff. And, oh, and there's only holistic, 24 hours in it. It's everything. Like, <laughs> holistic health is what you eat, what you see, what you spend time with, where you work, what you watch, what you hear, you know, your whole community. Like, holistic health is not one thing so we we try to to promote that i want i'm I'm always looking for new friends that's why i do the hikes i want a friend (laughs) i want friends that you know love to hike and also i want friends that have dogs because i love dogs so (laughs) you know we we, it's very important that i want people to collaborate so i want to make my work day better so i want to work with people that feel the same and have the same values that's why we do the holistic fair i just want to work with people with the same principles and the same you know goals for saigon or vietnam or you know whatever whatever they are so holistic health is is just not food is everything and we try to to provide it for others as well as for us that's why we are very happy to come to work every day it's, it's, it's just a good environment yeah no absolutely i think if you you know you believe in uh something and if you can make it a part of life and you can also earn from it i mean that's the perfect uh combination right so yeah that's awesome that's awesome so is there anything else that you know you'd like to share about because you know melting pot obviously will be heard the world over as a podcast so i mean anything else that you'd like to share uh, with the listeners maybe a few tips on saigon maybe a little something else that you'd like to mention about la olista uh, you know you're more than welcome to do that oh thank you so much um, yes, we are always interested in meeting people that are in industry and uh, want to collaborate for anything, for new ideas or something that we are already doing. Uh, we will have this fair in August. Um, we expect everybody to come and support because <laughs> we are working very hard to do it. But it actually will be a great event and it's completely free, including six talks and six classes. And, and we're also working on a new project, which will be in November, which is the second uh, Saigon Vets Fest uh, in collaboration with Son Tuan Chai. And we did it last year. We had uh, more than 3,500 people coming for this Vets Fest. And it was absolutely incredible because it Sorry, was... What? What fairs is that? A vegan fair. A vegan festival. Yeah, vegan festival. And about 85 to 90% of the people that came were Vietnamese. Uh Vietnamese locals on a, you know, Black Friday buying frenzy. It was an absolute uh, (laughs) dream to see all these Vietnamese. (laughs) Yeah, it was a mayhem, but it was a dream to see all these Vietnamese trying to grab food and grab products and be so excited about veganism and like just not leaving the space. They stayed the whole day listen to every single talk watch every <laughs> single cooking watch the movie at the end they were they had hats you know they had their own team it was 
absolutely incredible. Everybody sold out so much. You know, there was this company, how many, Omina, how many tables they got? Five. five. They bought five tables to sell food. And I've never seen anybody, you know, serving, dishing out food so fast for such a long time. We weren't even open. We already had like 400 people inside. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, so we're doing another one in November, end of November, with the same people, the same location. And we expect at least uh, 40, 30, 40% increase of participants. And we just want people to work with on this uh, event to join and get a table or be a sponsor. Class is our birthday. It's the best day ever. It's just so fun. We are stressed out until, you know, five minutes yeah. before it starts. But when it starts, it's just like friends coming yeah. in and, you know, just yeah. to see like yeah. such a great result is, a, is, just, is just such a pleasure to, to put, you know, to know that we are behind this and in collaboration with Sonfensai, to know that these people are there and they're going to have a great day, they're going to learn something, they're going to open their mind because of the work that we've done. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if anybody... thing to be proud of, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. I think it's a big community thing here, actually. Um, we value those events because, as Chiara was saying, we've got all our friends coming on the day to see us, and it's uh, it makes the whole thing and the whole work that we do worthwhile. Um, uh-huh. And we're always looking uh, for, for businesses who are actually on the same wavelength and looking either, you know, into maybe um, starting working uh, in Vietnam or promoting their products or services in Vietnam. So we're always open to new opportunities to work with new people. So if anyone is interested, if they can reach out to us, that would be great. Um, yeah, as I said, it, it really is a community work. It's not about making money and, uh, and you know, becoming a bigger company, but it's, it's about doing the right thing. And if I can pay the bill, bills, as you said, then that's great. Um, but it, it really is about the, the values that we have and, and, you know, putting them out there and showing people that you can eat, you can be healthy. It's rather easy. And also we, we value supporting small businesses. So um, hopefully other people see the value in that as well. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, maybe Three tips on Saigon before we wind up this conversation. What what are the three things that both of you really, really love about Saigon? I'm just going to say something very quickly. Mm-hmm. Before you come here, watch a YouTube video about the streets in Saigon to see how the traffic is so that you understand how you cross the street here. Because it is it requires a practice to cross yeah, the street. Absolutely. Yeah. More than a practice, I think it's an art to be able to. Yeah. Well, you just have to do cross, basically. Don't even watch. They'll actually just do what they have to do on the street. I mean, drivers are really good at avoiding um, pedestrians. Um, yeah, that's my tip. <laughs> for, for me, the best thing, the best value in, Shang, in Saigon, as it was in Shanghai, just leave this materialism behind and just try to adapt to a, or, a simpler life where things... I'm not always working perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not always not breaking. <laughs> and things don't really get done in time. But in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? You know, we, we've uh, had a great result with the uh, virus. And I'm very proud of this government. They've done incredible work. But, you know, other little things where, you know, you expect... A street not to float in the middle of the afternoon, then it's a little bit too much to ask. So yeah. I'm very grateful for, you know, 
not being being not having ever moved throughout the years into this consumerism society where it's still easy to live simple here and you're not seen as oh you're missing out because you're missing this Gucci bag or you know you're missing the the, the latest car or this stuff that doesn't count uh, I, I'm really grateful for that about Saigon it keeps you you know in a minimalist state it keeps you you know as long yeah you can still be materialistic i mean when you see how much people pay for education here it's insane but you've got if you look at things differently and you come from your world and decide to actually look at a different culture and learn from them you can really change your um your view on on life and what it really is about yeah that's for sure so it basically keeps you real you know and yeah, you, uh, can, yeah. you can you, you can, can be both ways but really yeah. i mean you know you'd expect someone who actually moves from the west to uh, southeast asia to actually come with a with an open mind and the desire to actually change their lifestyle not to live the same way than they were they were living back home although this is also possible but mm. yeah it changes if you if you're open minded and if you you know if you look around and um you want to learn about you know the way other other cultures uh leave then you can really learn a lot and and change your your life quite drastically yeah <laughs> and then yeah just be curious curious this if this is a there's a place in the world this is it be curious ask around collaborate meet up have ideas go for it try is is a fantastic place for that absolutely yeah excellent thank you so much both of you i mean you know i'm sure my list and i have as well um learned a, a lot a saigon no because i know saigon but i've learned a lot about you know la holista and uh, all that both of you stand for um and that's absolutely uh, very inspiring and keep doing what you're doing and yeah. <laughs> i'm sure it's going to go a, a long long way so thank you both kiara and pascal for this very very riveting conversation thank you for your time i really appreciate <laughs> all right then bye thank bye. you bye thank you I see Kiara and Pascal women on a mission to bring about awareness on healthy and sustainable living. It's absolutely fascinating to hear them talk about how they totally believe and live that life themselves. Saigon, I am getting convinced is an open growing city. with such an amazing vibe that enables people to follow their dreams after talking to so many guests on melting pot who've actually made saigon their home do continue listening to more and more stories on melting pot with me pile until then happy listening